Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Mike Yastrowski, joined as always by Mr. Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy? I've been better. Uh, my personal football team, my Philadelphia Eagles, can't win in week two. My whole team went into the blue injury tent, and uh, my fantasy team is on the fringe right now. So I need Le'Veon Bell to come through uh, as we record on a Monday night. So we'll have second half uh, Monday night football updates for you. Yeah, dude, and speaking of Monday Night Football, I mean, I know we're only at halftime right now, um, but Baker Mayfield is not looking so good out there. He looks cooked right now. I don't know what's going on. The whole Browns just don't have chemistry. The Jets are on their third-string quarterback because Sam Darnold likes kissing girls, and uh, Trevor Simeon looks like a, a rusted pipe and he got injured and just snapped Ooh. in half so did you see the injury it, was it looked nasty. nasty i saw it in like, real time i i was watching it and i i was sitting there in bed watching it on my phone and i was literally like shrieking to myself watching it cue the cleveland brown that's nasty oh that's nasty um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to go over a lot of things in this episode. We're going to go over top performers from week one, uh, busts of the week, uh, a couple of guys that we think might be getting dropped from rosters this week because of an overreaction from week one and week two, so we'll kind of advise on those. And then, of course, we're going to get into the week three starts and sits of the week. But before we jump into all of that, uh, why don't we go over some news that's been going on around the league, especially with all of these injuries that have been racking up this past weekend. Yeah, so let's kick it around. Obviously, the two big names being Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Drew Brees uh, saw a hand specialist today. He is going to be out for a minimum of six weeks with uh, a torn tendon in his thumb, in his throwing hand. Not great. This is the first time Drew Brees has missed a start uh, since 2015. And uh, not great news for the Saints because Teddy Bridgewater looked very rusty yesterday. Um, But I think he'll get a grasp on the offense, but it's a a huge downgrade for guys like Michael Thomas, Draquan Smith, Alvin Kamara in the passing game. Uh, Jared Cook is irrelevant. He is cooked. Don't even just, I would drop him. But uh, Drew Brees out for at least six weeks. And Ben Roethlisberger, a non-contact elbow injury yesterday in his game. He is done for the season. The Steelers are placing him on injured reserve. Uh, From the looks of it, I saw a replay of it. You just kind of saw the tendon in his elbow flare up, and he was just grasping at it. I think he's going to need Tommy John surgery, which is a typical baseball injury. Um, But with all the miles Ben Roethlisberger has, on that throwing arm, I think it finally just gave out. Uh, he said he expects to bounce back from this, so he is not calling it a career. But Ben Roethlisberger is going uh, to have elbow surgery, and he is out for the remainder of the season, which means Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Severe downgrades for literally everybody, just like the Saints, except it is season-long and not just a six-week period. 
Uh, so that means Juju, James Conner, uh, Vance McDonald, like, you name it, they're downgraded. Yeah, although I will say, I think Vance McDonald actually does see a slight uptick. That's true. I mean, both, both of his touchdowns came when, uh, when Rudolph came in and was slinging the ball, and he actually didn't look too bad. Uh, I will say, though, I am concerned. I, I know Ben says otherwise, but I am concerned that that there is a very real possibility we may have seen Ben Roethlisberger step on the football field for the last time. It's possible. Um, you know, he he signed that contract extension in the off season. And he said he plans to uh, fulfill it. So we'll see what happens. But for 2019, he has done other injuries around the league. Alshon Jeffrey uh, suffered a calf injury last night. He only played, I believe, like four snaps for the Eagles on Sunday night football before coming out of the game, did not see a target, and uh, he is in jeopardy of missing week three against the Detroit Lions and potentially week four against the Green Bay Packers, but I would assume because it seems like the least severe of all of the Eagles injuries that occurred last night that uh, he would play more than likely in the Thursday night game than he would on Sunday. Deshaun Jackson, a groin injury, he seems like he's going to be okay. Um, it's a little more severe because he's a speed guy, so we'll see how he bounces back from that. Dallas Goddard re-aggravated the calf injury last night uh, that he suffered during training camp, so that's the tight end two realm of things, and the Zach uh, Ertz handcuff, and literally everybody on the Eagles roster just got injured. Carson Wentz went out for a weird concussion protocol that I just didn't understand, but he looks like he's going to be okay. He made that you know, Jesus throw to Mac Hollins uh, with his knees hovering above the turf. And uh, tonight in Monday Night Football, David Njoku is done for the game with a concussion. Uh, not great there because that is Baker's kind of security blanket and he's not looking great as is. Um, mm-hmm. But those are kind of the big injuries that occurred uh, this weekend. Oh, and Michael Gallup also uh, is getting surgery to uh, trim his meniscus. He's going to miss two to four weeks not going to be major but if it does take the four weeks he's going to be out uh in some key games especially against the minnesota vikings so that's something to definitely monitor when it comes to the cowboys offense because he has been dynamic for them uh in these first two games as a downfield threat so michael gallup out two to four weeks with a knee injury yeah it's such a shame that michael gallup got hurt too because he was really coming on strong at the beginning of the season um, you know, Gallup was a guy that you and I talked about in the offseason. We were both pretty high on him coming in to the season. And, uh, you know, we were we were looking – I mean, we, we were right. But, unfortunately, you know, he, he is going to miss some time with that injury. So, hopefully, when he comes back, he'll be able to pick up right where he left off. One more, um, one more injury to Mikey uh, because he is a wide receiver, one on his team. Tyrell Williams is dealing with a hip pointer. Uh, John Gruden told reporters on Monday – uh, he's considered questionable as of now for the Raiders' Week 3 matchup against the Vikings. When Tyrell Williams is not close to 100%, he's not as effective. Um, so that's definitely something to monitor because he's had these nagging kind of injuries throughout his career, and uh, that's not great for the Raiders. Yeah, and that's that's a real shame if he, if he misses any time because he's another one of those guys who's coming on really strong. He was proven to be, you know, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, the guy for the Raiders mm-hmm. right now. So it, it is a big shame if he misses any time. Hopefully he doesn't, especially in a week three um, date with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, that's a pretty big game for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Um, in other news, non-injury news, uh, Jalen Ramsey of the Jacksonville Jaguars 
has requested a trade after like the getting sixth time. <laughs> yeah, I think him getting into a fight with the head coach on the uh, on the sidelines was kind of the final straw. Um, I, we typically try to only report the super fantasy relevant news, but I mean the Jaguars' defense. A mm-hmm. lot of I mean they're owned pretty much in every single league. They, as of right now, are one of the best secondary in the NFL, but if Jalen Ramsey leaves, that tag is going to leave with him. So that is definitely something to monitor if you are a Jacksonville Jaguars defense owner. Um, and then out of Miami, um, you know, not that anyone was using their defense anyway, but uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is is on his way out. Uh, Kyle, you were saying as early as tomorrow. Yeah, there are several teams that are interested and have made Offers to the Miami Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. I can read them off to you here. Uh, Miami had a first-round value for him, and that's what they're expected to get, which is absurd. Um, But the initial report was Washington, Dallas, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Seattle. And then it was later reported that Washington is not in the mix. So the known teams and the front runners, from what I've heard from Benjamin Albright, uh, would be Dallas and Seattle. But Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia also in the mix. So definitely something to watch for defensive boosts. And then the Eagles' uh, defensive line just continues to get decimated to another injury. Tim Jernigan in a boot, broke his foot. He's out four to six weeks, does not require surgery. But another tandem pair for Fletcher Cox down after Malik Jackson goes down with the Liz Frank. Next, Timmy Jernigan. So uh, definitely something to watch when it comes to the interior of the Eagles' uh, defensive line and whoever the running back is that they're playing against. Yeah, and speaking of running backs, Kenyon Drake might be on the move soon. He's been added to the trade block. Uh, Mikey, we have Miami. breaking news. Oh, breaking news. Steelers are trading a 2020 first-round pick to the Dolphins for defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, there it is. We were just talking about him. It is confirmed. All right, well, that is through non-sponsor uh, the Sleeper app. Um, so that is via Ian Rappaport, first rounder from the Steelers going to the Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, I think it's I think it's a good move for both parties, um, especially because Pittsburgh's going to need all the help they can get if they want to be relevant this season. I mean, especially, especially now they're playing with exactly. I mean, now that they have a backup quarterback in there, they're going to have to lean on, the, on their defense a little bit more, and their defense isn't exactly the best right now. So we will see how that all shakes out but moving back to Miami uh Kenyon Drake as we said could be on the move he's been added to the trade block um he has very very little value in Miami right now but if he goes to the right team uh you could see him grab some value pretty quick in fantasy football because he is a really really decent running back in my opinion definitely I think there's definite value for him depending on the situation he ends up in um and I'm that's definitely something to monitor uh, throughout you know this whole trade window period of the next few weeks because I believe the trade deadline is right before week six or seven. I could be wrong on that, but um, it's going to be interesting to see some of these trades go down. For sure, for sure. And uh, I think that just about does it for everything around the league. Definitely. All right, so we are going to move into our top performers of the week. Obviously, there's a game going on right now, but bearing a miracle for Either team, I don't think a Jet or a Brown is going to end up in this top performer list. So I think it's safe to say we can go ahead and go through with it. So coming in at quarterback, we have 
two guys that were in our top three from last week, and that is Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. So Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, he had a bit of a tougher time this week, not against Miami, but he still showed out uh, incredibly, might I add, against Arizona. And, uh, you know, even though it's two soft defenses in a row, can't take anything away from the guy. I think he's got legitimate top five appeal for, like, the rest of the season. Yeah, he's been on fire. Uh, he's a legit MVP candidate. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. He looks incredible, and a lot of our questions were answered about Marquise Brown. You know, last uh, last week he was barely on the field. I mean, he he did a ton with with what he was given, but this week he he saw more targets, he saw more usage, and Marquise Brown could be definitely in for a more featured role in Baltimore as the weeks come. Yeah, you know, I, I talked about it leading up to the season and even last week that Marquise Brown could become the number one receiver in this offense. And, uh, you know, only behind the, the tight ends that they have there, he seems to be doing just that. And, uh, you know, it's very impressive to see, especially him coming off that tough injury uh, and everybody with the questions about Lamar Jackson having been answered now uh, for the most part through two weeks. Hollywood Brown looks like a, a legit fantasy contributor and a legit real-life you know, contributor for this Ravens team. Yeah, he looks he's incredible. Uh, next up on the quarterback list, as we mentioned, is Dak Prescott, who I will already announce is probably going to be the start of the week uh, next week <laughs> against the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. That is going to be another absolute bloodbath, especially now that Minka Fitzpatrick isn't there. I mean, that's going to be a disaster. But uh, Dak Prescott showed up big week one, showed up big again in week two. And uh, there's absolutely no reason to believe that he's going to slow down at least for another week or two. Easiest start to a season for that Dallas Cowboys team ever. Yeah, no doubt. And then our third quarterback top performer, to nobody's surprise, was Patrick Mahomes. He's a god amongst men. That's all I have to say. I know. Well, you knew that he was going to have a pretty good game. I mean, he's going to have a good game against no matter who. Um, in week three, he's going to be tested the most, arguably, all season as they go against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge matchup for Lamar Jackson with that defense, by the way. Um, but That defense I mean, isn't that great, so I think Lamar's due for a, a, another nice game. It's just a matter of can he keep up with Oh, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Lamar oh, yeah. Jackson's going to have a massive game against that terrible defense. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, Pat Mahomes, he's going to have to prove himself against Baltimore, but... I mean, he's he's Pat he's Mahomes. He threw, himself. dude. He's threw four touchdowns in one quarter against the Oakland Raiders. Two hundred and seventy-eight I mean, yards. Yeah, in like, one quarter. Yeah. So God amongst you don't. Men. So you don't need us to tell you this, but even though he's against Baltimore, you're still firing him up as a top three quarterback. Next yep. Week. Uh, next up, we'll move to the running backs. The top performer at the running back position was Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. When your quarterback sucks, you better be able to run the ball, and that's what the Minnesota Vikings can do because Dalvin Cook is good. His quarterback is bad. That's what you expect. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is is, is really good, <laughs> and so it also good. helps It also helps that he had an 80-yard touchdown on the yeah, day. Yeah, that too. was a big boost to his numbers. You take that away, it's a little bit... More of a lackluster performance for him, but hey, I mean, you take what you can get, and he got that big run in the touchdown, so uh, hats off to Dalvin Cook. That's all that matters. The next guy is Austin Eckler, a guy that has, I mean, through two weeks, may have just completely stolen Melvin Gordon's job. 
Austin Eckler is the number one fantasy running back in all of football. Fun he, fact. I, I think he might be the number one fantasy player he might in be. all of football right now. He is the number uh, one running back, and Dalvin Cook is number two. Um, yeah. Did you see Melvin Gordon on Twitter, though, during the game? <laughs> I did not. Uh, people were, like, tweeting at him, and somebody said, Austin Eckler's better than you, bro, and he just retweeted it. <laughs> he knows it. He knows it. I don't necessarily know if I would say Austin Eckler is more talented than Melvin Gordon, but I mean, he sure as hell is doing the very most Taking that he can with his advantage of an opportunity, yeah. Yeah, so uh, hats off to Eckler, and uh, hopefully he can continue his success moving forward. Uh, next guy on here, Aaron Jones. Um, a guy that we were we were both guilty of being a little weary on against Minnesota. Um, he balled out, dude. Yeah, uh, very surprising to say the least. I mean, the Packers did get out to a twenty-one nothing lead, uh, so that Which definitely definitely helped. helps the running back. Um, you know, and that kind of controlled the game flow a bit. But for him to go for one hundred and sixteen yards, a touchdown, and get four receptions for thirty-four yards on six targets, uh. That's big time, and I think that's what we kind of expect from a Matt LaFleur offense that is running on full cylinders. Um, so if Aaron Jones can you know, produce that week in and week out, that's going to be very good for the Packers and very good for Aaron Jones' owners. Yeah, and Aaron Jones was one of the guys that we covered on our Panic or Don't Panic um, segment last week, and you and I, we weren't necessarily panicking, but we weren't necessarily... We were biting our nails. Yeah, so it was definitely relieving to see Aaron Jones come out. I guess a pretty stout defensive line and, and be able to put up those numbers. And uh, the last guy, I got to give you complete credit on. Uh, I yeah. was not a believer. I advise people not to listen to you on this, uh, but hopefully they did. And uh, that is uh, Raheem Mostert from the San Francisco 49ers. He was the fourth best running back uh, in PPR leagues in week two. Boy, and I listened to you. I went and got Chris Thompson instead, and I kicked myself in the face. Uh, <laughs> he's he's Raheem most must start now. Uh, he looks great. He's definitely a flex option because the 49ers are just using those running backs as you know their Swiss Army knives for the the lackluster wide receiver core they have outside of Debo. Yeah, and going forward, you're going to use, you're going to want to use these guys for as long as you can. I mean, yep. obviously, when Tevin Coleman comes back, he slides I'm right not, in. I'm not going to know what to say to anyone or who to start or what to do with those running backs. But until Tevin see. Coleman comes back, you ride Moster, you ride Brita, and you have a good time. Together we ride. Uh, a surprising top performer at the wide receiver position. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that it's pat mahomes his receiver but i'm just kind of surprised at who it is and that's uh demarcus robinson yeah uh if we would have talked about this you know a couple days ago i'd have been like who um yeah and well you know what we knew that he was going to be quote-unquote splitting the reps with michael hardman but i think everyone would have guessed that michael hardman was gonna see more opportunity and actually see more than 50 percent of the reps so for robinson to come out and put up the type of game that he did i mean he was essentially this week's sammy Watkins. yeah and like with, with the but chiefs, he was started even less than sammy Watkins yeah. was last week with the chiefs you kind of just have to uh you know, start anybody you have from them because you could get, you know, a Sammy Watkins week one, or you could have somebody like Demarcus Robinson go off. Like if there's a chiefs playmaker available, 
it's almost like you have to pick them up because of what Pat Mahomes is doing. Well, and even then, I mean, they come with an extremely safe floor. Like, Sammy Watkins was not incredible this week by any stretch of the imagination, but he still put up double-digit points, and, like, you weren't disappointed about starting him this week. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you want more from him, but if if you have a guy that has a potential of getting 30-plus points with Pat Mahomes while his floor is still double-digit points, that seems like a no-brainer start almost every week to me. Yeah, you just have to play all of the uh, the Chiefs playmakers at this point because they're just going to do crazy, wacky, next-level galaxy brain things. Uh, moving on to a guy that you and I were both really big on this offseason coming off of Achilles injury, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. We are the few, the, the proud, Don. the believers. Um, you and I both thought Emmanuel Sanders was going to come in, have a pretty good season. Uh, but I didn't think it was going to be this good, especially against the Chicago Bears defense. He looks great, man. He is he, him and Brandon Brooks from the Eagles offensive line are the newest uh, members of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the comic universe because they're just superhuman. Like the things that both of those guys are doing coming off of Achilles injuries is just superhuman, and uh, it's really awesome to see Emmanuel Sanders bouncing back the way he has and just flat out performing. Uh, it was unfortunate for the Broncos that they couldn't get that win, um, but he looks fantastic, and you got to fire him up every week now until he proves otherwise. Yeah, I mean, he at worst is is going to finish the season as a top twenty receiver at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and when you drafted him, you got him like at the earliest in round eight. So hats off to whoever drafted him. Uh, I know you and I were both advising everyone to go out and grab him at that price, so hopefully they listen to us. I have him in my charity league, so uh, if you didn't get him, sorry about your luck. Uh, Next guy on the list is Mr. Julio Jones, the savior of the Atlanta Falcons and the now all-time receiving leader for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, uh, Tell me, as an Eagles fan how heartbreaking it was to watch that last-minute touchdown. No comment. (laughs) You know what? I I kind of feel bad because I almost feel responsible. So Dylan Mazzola, you know, our our buddy Dylan, he texts me, and it's in the last two minutes of the game. The Atlanta Falcons just took over. The Eagles are still up. He goes, dude, I need you to pray for me. I said, dude, I'm not praying for anything besides a 50-yard Julio Jones touchdown. 30 seconds you're such later, a, You're happened. such a bad Panthers fan. <laughs> hey, man. When the Panthers have already lost on the week, I can root for my fantasy team. You are let's such a bad Panthers fan. Dude, let's face <laughs> it. The Panthers... I don't even want to talk about the Panthers. Yeah, now you um, know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at least you got to watch your guys win a Super Bowl recently. My guys uh, most definitely True. did not when they were in. Uh, but moving on from Julio, we don't need to tell everyone how great he is. Chris Godwin. He's a god. Another another member of the NFC South. Another guy that completely shredded my Carolina Panthers. He looked incredible. Uh, there's a lot of talks on Twitter right now on whether or not Chris Godwin or Mike Evans is the number one receiver in Tampa Bay. Uh, saying that out loud sounds foolish, but if you look at the stats – if you look at the amount of snaps, if you look at the targets, there's a pretty compelling argument for Chris Godwin. Just saying, we said during the offseason when that Mike Lombardi tweet came out about the trade winds blowing about a wide receiver nobody would expect, I did bring up Mike Evans. 
you did. And I said, never in a million years will they trade Mike Evans. And I still don't think in a million years they're going to trade Mike Evans. I don't either. But, but the but way that Chris, Chris Godwin's Godwin, playing. Yeah, you never know. You never but, know. I mean, but Chris Godwin has snuck into the every week must start uh, position, especially if defenses are still going to keep still going to be putting their top corner on Mike Evans because mm-hmm. I think they kind of have to. They know what Mike Evans can do. They know what a big threat he is. So as long as Chris Godwin is is not taking that top corner, I mean, I'm viewing Chris Godwin kind of how I was viewing Juju Smith-Schuster last year when he had Antonio Brown mm-hmm. on the other side. So Godwin is an absolute must-start every week going forward. Um, in And in week three, he gets a matchup against the Giants. I mean – his his last name speaks for itself. If he's in your lineup, you got a god win. No doubt. I like that. <laughs> and the last guy that was a top performer for the receivers was Mr. Kenny Galladay. Uh, absolutely showed out. He had a great he had a great week one. He had an even better week two. Uh, there's been a lot of hype around Kenny Galladay the past couple of seasons. Last year, it really kind of came into fruition. And I think this is the year. Uh, as he started to show us that he really breaks into his stardom. Yeah, he looked good. Uh, and I have an honorable mention for the wide receivers because he made me look like a fool. Uh, John Ross. John Ross? Well, John Ross did well, but most of it did come in like the last two or three minutes of the game in complete garbage time. But for John Ross, he he had a he had a very nice game and just like, continue to uh just put up numbers and like that's what we said last week we we needed to see him just keep doing it and sure it was in garbage time but he did it it's not like he dropped passes like we're accustomed to seeing from him too uh when he gets downfield so back-to-back 20 plus point weeks in a full point ppr for john ross is uh something we haven't seen before so shout out to john ross for making me look like an absolute fool yeah, yeah, I, I like John Ross a lot, um, at least until A.J. Green comes back. Then I'm going to be asking questions because Tyler Boyd's going to be the wide receiver too. Um, and speaking of Tyler Boyd, I mean, I we haven't really talked about him because he hasn't done anything spectacular, but he's doing his job. I mean, I'm pretty sure he got 20 PPR points this week. He had like 14 and a half last week. Uh, if you drafted yards. him, yeah, if you, if you drafted him as – you're you probably drafted him as your wide receiver three in like the fifth or sixth round. Mm-hmm. You're probably loving that value right now. Absolutely, and we got a funny tweet uh, update from Xavier Howard, the lone remaining star player on that uh, Miami Dolphins defense. He tweeted the gif of Will Smith in the empty house. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Amazing. Oh man, I feel so bad for that team. They they are just doomed for ever. Just. I mean, lifelong mediocrity. For what it's worth, they have five first-round picks in the next two years. Well, good. Maybe they'll pick one decent guy <laughs> out of that. Uh, moving on to the tight ends, my guy, your guy, Mark Andrews. I have him in both of my leagues. My Twitter is officially a Mark Andrews fan account until further notice. Um, I love that man. He is beauty. He is grace. He is fantasy football points. He is the number Automatic. one fantasy football tight end through the first two weeks of the season. And you probably got him in like late single-digit, early double-digit rounds. Oh, I know. I am loving Mark Andrews it's right beautiful. now. He is, he is great. 
he only out of all of his targets, which is like I think he has 15 targets through two weeks. He has 14 catches. He's over 200 yards. His two touchdowns. He's Lamar Jackson's arguably Lamar Jackson's favorite target. Um, dude, there's th- this guy is good. He puts a smile on my face every single Sunday when kickoff happens for the Baltimore Ravens. No doubt. And then moving from this year's current number one tight end to last year's number one fantasy tight end, Travis Kelsey had himself a very, very nice bounce-back game, uh, accumulating, what was it, about 25 points this week? Yep, and he gave a big shout-out to the Oakland Raiders fans because that was the final time the Chiefs will play in Oakland as the Raiders move to Vegas next year. Um, It was a very funny uh, rendition of how he explained to – the media about going to Oakland, talking about how you see a couple people's butts that you're not expecting to see when you're on the bus rolling in. Um, <laughs> but he said that's what football is all about, and he's going to miss going to Oakland. So hat tip to Travis Kelsey for the uh, the nice nod to the Oakland fans. For sure. And then moving on to the number three tight end of the week, uh, a guy that busted big time in week one, and that's going to be Vance McDonald, uh, who had two touchdowns with Mason Rudolph this week. Yeah, uh, like we said at the top of the show about Ben Roethlisberger, Vance McDonald might be the only guy that gets a bit of an uptick um, because Mason Rudolph is going to need that that dink and duck dunk check down option uh, in this Steelers offense. No doubt. Now, I will say, if you have any of the top performers from Week 2, you might be championship bound. And if you're championship bound, chances are you have some championship needs. I'm here to talk about trophysmack.com. So trophysmack is like the place to go for all your fantasy championship needs. They've got trophies. They've got rings. They even have championship belts. I mean, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All of their items come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and are completely customizable and can be engraved however you need. Uh, If you order from them today, you can receive the first engraving for free as well as free shipping. So don't settle for less when you can get the absolute best at trophysmack.com. Uh, and be sure to use the code GOALLINE at checkout to receive a free championship ring with the purchase of any trophy or belt. These championship rings are valued at $59. So the fact that you can get one of those for free uh, with the purchase of any trophy or belt is absolutely incredible. Again, that code is GOALLINE, and you will receive that free championship ring. While I'm still talking about trophysmack.com, I did want to shout out them. They are the very first sponsor slash affiliate of Goal Line Fantasy Football, and we are really, really excited uh, to have this partnership going. Yeah, shout out to Trophy Smack for uh, coming on Underground and partnering up with uh, our fantasy football podcast right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Uh, shout out to you too, Mikey, for just you know, grinding away at this thing and making sure that it's the best it can be. And now we've got our first uh, affiliate partnership uh, with Trophy Smack. And make sure you use that code GOALLINE. That's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E to get that that free championship ring. Like, who doesn't want a free bling-bling championship ring to show off at your draft next year when you win your championship with that trophy you order from trophysmack.com? Absolutely. And if you want a link to the website, you can go directly to the Goal Line Twitter at goal underscore line underscore FFB. And it is right in our pinned tweet. And uh, before we move on with the show, I do want to say I'm, I'm really thrilled that uh, we were able to partner with Trophy Smack because I was looking into buying a trophy from them for my Dynasty League um, like months ago before I even before I even knew that this partnership was going to become a thing. Um, so it's definitely a product that I believe in. It's definitely a product 
that, you know, I think is awesome. I mean, you got to see these trophies. Um, but anyway, we will move on with the show. So we talked about our top performers. Now we're going to talk about our biggest busts of the week. And it breaks my heart to report that we have a repeat offender <laughs> at the quarterback position. Cameron Newton of the Carolina Panthers has found himself again on our busts of the week. Um, he was supposed to rebound big time. Keyword there, again, Mikey. Keyword. Su- supposed, supposed to. I know, I know. And on paper, he did have 333 passing yards, which is cool. But if you watch the game, it was anything but cool. Yeah. It was it was bad, dude. It was it was really bad. And I know I'm just going to – we're going to go into our panics and don't panics after this, but I'm going to cover Cam right now because I'm a very, very passionate believer in Cam Newton, a very passionate you know, Carolina Panthers fan. Um, I know I said this last week when they were about to face off against Tampa Bay that I would be in full-on panic mode if he can't show out against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay did a really, really, really incredible job at shutting down the run game with Christian McCaffrey. And they did a pretty damn good job uh, in their week one matchup as well against the running game. So I'm going to give the Panthers and Cam Newton one more chance because I know for a fact the Arizona Cardinals defense is completely decimated right now. So this time I mean it. If Cam Newton <laughs> doesn't show out in week three, I am a full-on panic. Uh, I'm pan. I panicked this week because I have him in one of my leagues, and thankfully I have Josh Allen as my backup quarterback. I started Josh Allen, and uh, I felt I felt good. I felt great about it. And Cam, uh, you know, continued to disappoint. It's unfortunate, um, but I just I have to bench Cam until further notice till he starts proving me wrong. I'm hoping that this ten days of rest between games is going to do him really well. Um, if if Ron Rivera is smart which I don't know if he is anymore because he might lose his job at some point this year. Uh, if Ron Rivera is smart, he'll let Cam sit like eight of these next 10 days. Like just let him He's sit out to. of practice, let him rest. I mean, he obviously knows the offense. He doesn't need the practice. He just needs to rest and get well, get his head right. Um, you know, he, he has taken full responsibility for everything that he has done or should I say hasn't done thus far. So we'll see how Cam rebounds against Arizona. Uh, but like I said, if I'm, I'm going to start him this week against Arizona, Godspeed. but, but fingers crossed on that. <laughs> uh, next bust of the week is a guy that I don't think either one of you or or you is going to be worried about. And that's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, there's not much to say. It was just a barn burner of a game. And, uh, He'll it was just fine. a boring game to watch, too. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, he was against the Jaguars while the Jaguars still had Jalen Ramsey. Uh, that might have been the last game that they do have Jalen Ramsey yes. uh, as an active. As Adam so, Schefter tweeted uh, just a couple minutes ago, Jalen next Jalen Ramsey. So yeah. that sounds like it's imminent. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, moving on, the last bust of the week, a guy that was probably only started in the most desperate situations, but Phillip Rivers put up like 11 points this week uh going forward he is definitely a guy to worry about i think um especially with not having hunter henry anymore mike williams isn't 100 percent uh keenan allen i I mean keenan allen is awesome he's playing absolutely incredible football right now but keenan allen has just about as big of an injury risk as they come 
Only reason I'm worried about Phillip Rivers is, one, their offensive line isn't great, and two, they've just been feeding Austin Eckler. Like, Rivers hasn't had to do much. Um, yeah. So I'm not necessarily worried, but it's just something to look at. Just the way they're scripting their games is that they're going run first with Austin Eckler. Yeah, if Philip Rivers is your starting quarterback for your fantasy football season, um, you should you should have probably been panicking before Week One started. <laughs> um, but if you drafted like a normal human being and you have Philip Rivers as your backup, you probably don't need to panic too much right now, especially since you're probably only going to have to use him once or twice this season. So uh, he he should be fine in the role that you need him to be. Uh, moving on to the running backs, we have Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Just wasn't neither. His week. It, it it wasn't. Uh, it was it was slated to be, especially against Oakland. Uh, he did get hurt and he did miss a, a pretty significant chunk of the second half. I believe he did come back in for that final drive, so that would suggest that his injury isn't all too serious. Uh, Lashawn McCoy did also get an injury, and his is a bit more serious. Uh, we don't know the full severity. He could be in week three. He could not be. Uh, but if Lashawn McCoy is out in week three, Damian Williams uh, might finally produce that RB1 game that we're all looking for next week. Yeah, Shady is uh, slated to undergo an MRI today, so I'm sure we'll find out about that tomorrow. Um, But I think it was just kind of game flow. You know, that second quarter, Patrick Mahomes just went absolutely berserk, and they didn't really have to run the ball much after that. Um, So, you know, that's the reason he busted this week, but I'm not too concerned. Yeah, I'm not panicking. Damian Williams is a guy that you have to be your RB2. Uh, I mean, I would say he's he's typically a low-end RB2, but at any given week, I mean, he plays for the Chiefs. He could be a top-five running back at any given week because all he needs is that perfect screenplay with Pat Mahomes, and that sets his whole week. So Damian Williams, in my opinion, is almost an every-week start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moving on to Devonta Freeman, a guy we were both full-on panicking about after week one. Uh, Did do a little better this time around, but a big part of that was having four receptions. I mean, he still finished with under 10 points. Um, I mean, the game script wasn't necessarily in his favor, but it wasn't necessarily out of his favor either. Uh, What are you you thinking about Freeman? Do you think better days ahead or... Um... I don't know, (laughs) to be honest. That Falcons offensive line is decimated. got more decimated last night. Um, It's bad. He looked bad just running the ball. He doesn't look like he has that vision he once had. Um, I'm slowly but surely creeping towards uh, benching Devonta Freeman this coming week. Yeah, and, you know, I got to say, I benched him in week two, and I started uh, DJ Moore in my flex spot, which I'm very happy I did. I think ultimately that's what led me to a victory uh, this week. Um, But I don't know, man. Devonta Freeman does scare me moving forward. Yeah, he does. Um, Moving on, Christian McCaffrey. Bust. You're not concerned. I'm not concerned. Nope. Uh, not even in the slightest. It was just a bad game all around for Carolina's offense. It was th- Here's the real thing. It was Thursday night football. That's plain and simple. Chris I, Godwin beat the Thursday night football scaries, and that's all that really matters. I Dude, I hate it. Don't I hate we all? it. Um, whatever. Moving on, because Christian McCaffrey is obviously a top three running back every week going forward. Uh, this next guy I am kind of concerned about. Maybe it's just with the injuries, though, not necessarily performance, and that's going to be Joe Mixon. 
yeah, the injuries are a concern for him. And, you know, there are guys in the wings waiting um, to, you know, scavenge carries from him. Um, I'm not full-blown nervous, though. I mean, I think he'll be okay. It's just something to monitor. Now, I got to ask you this. So, really fun situation here. I mean, I guess not so fun for me. <laughs> but uh, I have Joe Mixon in the Goal Line Charity League. My uh, my other running backs are Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, and then I also have uh, Chris Thompson, you know, just as kind of a floor play. My receivers in that league, I have Emmanuel Sanders, and then I have Mike Williams. But then my other receivers are Curtis Samuel, Danny Amendola, Terry McLaurin. I mean, I don't have a lot of noticeable – a lot of notice, notables. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was offered a trade today to trade away Joe Mixon for Josh Gordon and DK Metcalf. Mm. Now, it, it's really made me think. I mean, I I think that selling Joe Mixon too short personally, but because of the lack of depth that I have at receiver, I'm almost considering taking it. And who are your running backs again, you said? Aside from Joe Mixon, I have Aaron Jones and I have Nick Chubb. I might pull the trigger on that. I'm thinking it too. Um, I mean, before this week I had Derrick Henry – but I, I traded away – who did I trade away? I traded away Derrick Henry and A.J. Green, and in return I got Aaron Jones and Mike Evans. So pretty happy with that move. Um, but it's it's definitely something to consider going forward. I mean, those receivers, especially with Antonio Brown getting in even more trouble today, I mean, Josh Gordon could be a solid trade. Very true. And he seems – and Brady seems to be targeting him a lot more than I expected. Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm going to consider that, and I will let everyone know what I ultimately decide on that. Uh, actually, the guy that proposed it to me was Eric Sweeney, one of our writers. So I'm sure him and I will be getting in, getting into it on Twitter if we do <laughs> end up pulling the trigger. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver busts. Robert Woods was a very big disappointment this week. Game script, in my opinion. It was close, and then Breeze got hurt, so then they could kind of play a little more conservative. I think he's fine. Yeah, I think he's fine, too. I mean, in week one, he had 13 targets, eight catches, 70 yards. Uh, plus, he's got a few rush attempts between week one and week two. And you're right. I think that's just a game script thing. I'm not worried about Robert Woods, and I'm still firing him up as my wide receiver, too, every week. Yep. Uh, speaking of Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon was a huge bust this week. Um, after having a pretty successful week one, he only saw five targets, two receptions, 19 receiving yards. Um I don't know about you, but I'm going to go ahead and chalk this up to game script as well. Yeah, I mean, they were playing the Dolphins. The defense was scoring for them. I'm not worried. Plus they, I think they just wanted to get their shiny new toy, Antonio Brown, going too. Yeah, they wanted to make him smile and whatever he, whatever else he does. But who knows how much longer he'll be on the field. Yeah, you never know. But Josh Gordon, I'm not too worried about. And the last bust of the week. I think I'm even less worried about him than I am of Christian McCaffrey, and that's um, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, game script again. He was in that ugly Jags-Texans game. Uh, if you're worried about DeAndre Hopkins, you have other things to worry about. Yeah, so moving on to the tight ends, I am worried about two of these guys, but this first one I am not worried about, and that's Austin Hooper of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm a big, big Austin Hooper fan. He's got a lot of room to grow in this offense. He was, you know, he was perfect nine nine targets, nine receptions, seventy seven yards in week one, and I think that's going to be more of the norm than his uh, 
four catches for 34 yards in, in week two. Uh, so I'm not too worried about Austin. Yeah, they were just throwing to the receivers all night last night between Ridley and Julio. Uh, it was, again, you know, we've said it at nauseum now. It was, it was kind of game script. Yeah. Uh, the next guy. Now, George Kittle. I'm nervous. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm very nervous about George Kittle. He was drafted as a top two, top three tight end in like every single draft this season. Week one, even week one, I mean, 10 targets, eight receptions, 54 yards. It's not bad, but it's not George Kittle. And then he comes in this week, only gets three targets. Granted, this is another thing that maybe you could chalk up to game script because the 49ers did completely blow out the Cincinnati Bengals. But you and I were both talking about it all offseason, and that's that they actually have options to go to that aren't George Kittle now. So a regression was bound to happen, but even in a, a game script like this, I mean, I didn't expect him to only have three targets all day. Kyle Shanahan does not like tight ends, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he he's proving it by throwing it to the running backs a ton, proving it by throwing it to guys like Debo Samuel a ton. And honestly, I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo either, and I think that could be a little bit of the deficiencies for George Kittle too. Um but I'm, nah, Jimmy Jimmy G is just a system quarterback in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't trust him as a a quarterback to get the ball to a guy like Kittle, and you know it's it's gonna take a hit to his value. Although I would buy low on George Kittle if he can. Yeah, he's definitely a guy to uh, to buy low on. Uh, and the last guy, I'm Bonds. Again, I, I said this last week. I wasn't panicking on him because I was never high on him, and that's. Jared Cook. I mean, maybe he sees a slight bump with Teddy Bridgewater coming in. I mean, Bridgewater played pretty horrendous. Maybe they'll have him just check down to the tight end. But Jared Cook, um, he was drafted as like a top seven, top eight tight end. He was supposed to be your every week starter, and you, you can't trust him going Yeah, but forward. if they listen to this podcast, Mikey, they would know they shouldn't have drafted Jared Cook. I also have a tight end to add to this group, O.J. Howard. Big old goose egg. I am full-blown panicked because a lot of people drafted O.J. Howard as their number one tight end. If you did, yikes. Uh, but it's it's almost to the point where you might have to drop O.J. Howard. Yeah, I, I'm not getting to that point yet. I'm still holding him, and I'm going to hold him for at least another couple weeks. But it's definitely cause for concern moving forward. And then while we're still on tight ends, I'll add in one more Uh we're not panicking on him, but TJ Hawkinson uh, goes from an absolutely tremendous game to having one catch for seven yards. Yeah, um, it was a barn burner game too. It was low scoring, yeah. and it was it was the Kenny Galladay game, no doubt. Um, so I'm not worried about TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I uh, you can't start him every week. Uh, that's where I would be worried is if you you picked him up and thought he could be a tight end one. That's when I'd be panicking, but otherwise, you're good. To be honest, there's only five or six tight ends in the entire league that I would fire up with confidence week in and week out. Um, and it's it's just too early to tell with TJ Hawkinson. Yep. Um, so moving on. Uh, so typically we would do a waiver wire uh, session here, but Kyle and I were talking and we realized this podcast doesn't get to you until Wednesday and your waivers have probably already cleared by then. So we've decided that we're going to switch it up and kind of play a little guessing game. So what we're going to do is we are going to guess at least one or two guys at each position 
on who may be getting dropped this week that you can use a later week waiver claim on to snag. And I think Kyle's going to disagree with me on this one. (laughs) But I'm going to say Cam Newton is going to be dropped from at least someone's roster out there. And especially if you're someone that has Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger or you're relying on a Phillip Rivers type guy, I mean, Cam Newton's got to be added. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a huge risk. But the but... upside is just too tremendous with him. Yeah. So Cam Newton is a guy to look out for on your waivers Wednesday after waivers clear. Uh, can't imagine anyone has dropped him yet. He's probably a guy that's only going to get dropped uh, through waivers, I should say. So mm-hmm. he's a guy to look out for. Then another guy to look out for is, and this is only if you have an IR spot, in your league and someone just either didn't realize that or didn't care to pay attention to it uh that's going to be the other nsc south quarterback drew Brees. um if you're dropping drew Brees, yikes um well here's here's the thing any any injury that's going to last at least six weeks is scary to a lot of people especially there are some people that have a philosophy that you should only have one quarterback on your roster um and in my opinion if you had a guy like pat mahomes okay yeah maybe i'll agree with you but if you if you have a guy like drew Brees, you shouldn't only be rostering one quarterback um but for any of those people out there that have someone like that in their league look to them there's a slight possibility that breeze could be dropped because they're feared the worst that's true so that's something to monitor going forward um, the moving on to the running backs, I don't have any running backs getting dropped into waivers just because, dude, it's already a position that's getting injured, um, and no one can really afford to drop running backs at this point. But I do have a buy low candidate, and it's a guy that we were just talking about, and that's Joe Mixon. Yeah, buy low. So, and and that just comes to show. I mean, if you ask me uh, in the preseason. To give you Joe Mixon for DK Metcalf and Josh Gordon, I would have told you you were absolutely nuts. But I'm considering it. So it's a perfect buy low option, especially for someone who's a Joe Mixon truther like myself. So send out an offer for Joe Mixon, see what you can get, and uh, let us know how it goes. Hey, live reaction here. I just want to celebrate. I just won my week two matchup. Shout out to Le'Veon Bell. Oh, how many points does he have to? He scored touchdowns? He has just yards, uh, 67 rushing yards, 43 receiving yards on eight catches. Got me a nice 19 points. Take that, Noah. Oh, good, 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 good. Uh, Well, not good for me. I hate it when you win. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving on to the receivers, a prime drop candidate, Marvin Jones. Um, Bye-bye. He has been underperforming um i mean it's only been two weeks i am someone that's personally very high on marvin jones even though he only has you know week one he had 56 uh receiving yards on four catches week two he had 43 receiving yards on five catches marvin jones in my opinion marvin jones is a very safe floor but high ceiling play i mean he is a deep threat at any point he could go off and if you can have this guy in your lineup that's going to get you a minimum of nine points every week I think he's a guy that you can trust to be your risky play. Stafford's just not getting him the ball enough, and that's what concerns me. Um, So if people are dropping Marvin Jones, I totally understand why. I understand why, too. um, But I'm going to say if he's dropped and you're thin at the receiving position, I think you got to go out and take him. Yeah. 
Uh, and then the other guy I want to talk about is James Washington. Um, so James Washington has not done anything spectacular in the first two games. He doesn't have many points. Um, in the first week, he had seven points. Second week, he had 4.3 points. But Mason Rudolph is taking over. They played with each other in college. Mason Rudolph's pretty high on James Washington. Plus, Dante Moncrief uh, couldn't catch a cold. Um, <laughs> so I think James Washington is going to become the legitimate wide receiver too in this option in the coming weeks, especially with Mason Rudolph under center. And if people are just dropping him uh, because they're scared that Ben's not there and because they're just looking at his stat line from the first two weeks, I think he's a guy that you can add. Yeah, if you're a Geronimo Allison owner or an MVS owner, drop them and pick up James Washington. Yeah, I like James Washington a lot going forward. And then there's one tight end I want to talk about. He's probably rostered in your leagues right now. Maybe he's not because of the injury issues. But if Jordan Reed is out there, uh, I would I would go ahead and pick him up. Washington likes using their tight ends, and Jordan Reed should be back within a week or two. I don't trust Jordan Reed at all. I think he's cooked. The The concussions are just too much of a risk, and I, I just can't trust Jordan Reed. And that's fine. I mean, it's it, it really depends on what kind of tight ends you have. Like Like, let me ask you. If Jordan Reed is the top tight end on your waiver wire and your only tight end is O.J. Howard, what are you doing in that situation? Vernon Davis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but, yeah, so that'll that'll pretty much do it for that segment. So, uh, like we said, that was not guys that you should be aiming for in the waivers. Obviously, Demarcus Robinson is probably going to be the top guy going in all waivers. But since you'll be hearing this after your waivers clear – we didn't want to be too behind. So these are some of the guys to look out for after waivers clear on Wednesday. Let's get to the matchups. Thursday night, Tennessee Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, probably Jalen Ramsey-less Jacksonville Jaguars could be a bloodbath. You're playing Derrick Henry, and that's it, to be honest. <sighs> Delaney Walker, too. Yeah, Delaney Walker and uh, Derrick Henry are the only guys I'm playing. It's Thursday night. The Jaguars looked bad last week. They're playing a seventh-round rookie who is just a stud muffin swag boy uh, in real life. <laughs> but I I don't know. I, I don't trust him. The Titans' defense is good. And, yeah. you know, I, I just think Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker are your only two safe bets. Yeah, I mean, the Titans' defense is better than Houston's defense, and Gardner Minshew couldn't do a damn thing against them until the, like, final five minutes of that entire game. Shout out to Derek um, Henry. So, Leonard Fournette, if you have him... I feel bad for probably, you, son. You're probably forced to start him, but I think they're just going to stack the box on him this week, and it's it's going to be a pretty rough showing for Leonard yeah. Fournette. Uh, with that being said, Tennessee Tennessee's defense is going to be a pretty damn good play this week. Yep. Uh, so moving on to the Sunday games, the first one we'll talk about is Cincinnati visiting Buffalo. Uh, from the Cincinnati side, uh, Kyle, screw you. John Ross, we starting him? Uh, I, oh man, it's come the, on, Buffalo's, come on. Buffalo's defense is good, man. Come on, <sighs> give it to me, come on. He's a, he's a flex. Okay, I'll take it, I'll take it. Buffalo's defense, like their corners are legit. and No, their corners are, are very nice. You know, I think it's gonna. I think the Bills win this game, to be honest. Um, but I'll, I'll play John Ross as a flex. And then Tyler Boyd, wide receiver two. Yeah, like l- mid wide receiver two, because he's gonna get the number one corner, and I'm blanking on his name, but he's really freaking good. Um, I'm gonna pull that up so I don't sound like a whole loony bird. But 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Tyler Boyd's like a mid wide receiver two this week. Yeah, and then Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm not playing Joe Mixon. Good. In, I'm not playing Joe Mixon until they until Cincinnati can prove that he actually is 100 percent healthy. Tre'Davious White, is something. Yes, Tre'Davious White is a very he's very a monster. Um, but Joe Mixon, I think you got to sit him. I mean, if you're stuck playing him because you have no other options, you're stuck playing him. But if you can afford to sit Joe Mixon, I think you sit Joe Mixon. And then from the Buffalo Bills side, I'd fire up Josh Allen with confidence. Yes, sir. Um, I wouldn't start any of the running backs. Even if Devin Singletary ends up sitting out the week, I'm still not starting Frank Gore. Yeah. Uh, even if Devin Singletary does play, I'm not starting Singletary. Because but Frank is Gore is immortal. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Frank Gore oh, is no immortal. Di- no doubt. He's going to play longer than Tom Brady. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I think that's all you can really play is Josh Allen because the playmakers are so hit or miss with the Bills. Uh, but Josh Allen's going to give you them points, baby. Yeah. So moving on to the Detroit Lions visiting the Philadelphia Eagles on the Lions side of the ball. Um, you could definitely start Kenny Galladay. I think Matt Stafford's been playing pretty consistent. If you don't have a better option, like if you're someone like me and you've been stuck with with uh, Cam Newton, or maybe you went out and got Kirk Cousins for or some you reason, have Ben or Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean Matt Stafford is actually a really serviceable play in this matchup. Uh, Kenny Galladay should be in line for a fairly good game, and then. Carry on Johnson. Uh, I think he found his stride in week two, so I would definitely fire him up as well. Yeah, Eagles, like we said, Alshon's probably not going to play in this game. Deshaun, I would stay away from him in this one because we don't know the severity of the injury, so just keep an eye on what he does. But even if he does play, I don't think he's going to be 100%. Uh, kind of gives an uptick to Nelson Aguilar, though, um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Zach Ertz is an obvious must start, and I'm not playing any of the running backs. No, I'm not playing any of the running backs either. Um, now, let me ask you this. What are you doing with TJ Hawkinson this week? I sit him. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. I, I, I think I would sit him. I think I would sit him. I think they're going to have to use him more as a blocker to kind of stop Brandon Graham on the edge or Derek Barnett or the linebackers. So I don't really trust him in this matchup. Yeah. Moving on to the New York Jets visiting the New England Patriots. Start all your Patriots, uh, start Le'Veon Bell, start the Patriots defense. I mean, as, as it stands, the Jets are going to be playing with their third-string quarterback, who has not been impressive at all against Cleveland. Except um, to Le'Veon Bell. So that means except play to Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Yeah, I would play Le'Veon Bell, no one else. Uh, and then the Patriots, you're firing up anyone Everybody. you have from them. Cowboys-Dolphins, uh, Mikey, uh, play every single Cowboy that's not injured. Sit every single Miami Dolphin. <laughs> that's simple. That's simple. Uh, moving on. The Cow- Cowboys defense, great play this week. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Vikings and the Raiders. Uh, dude, this this one's interesting to me. This one's um, yucky. It, it, it is a little yucky. Um, I'm not starting Derek Carr against Minnesota. No. I'm with Tyrell Williams not being fully healthy. And he's going to get Xavier Rhodes. I mean, I know you think Xavier Rhodes is a bit overrated, but Wall to Waller. T- yeah, I would play. I would play Waller, and I would. I don't even know if I want to play Josh Jacobs in this one. No, I'm not. Because I I listed Josh Jacobs as a sit in week two, and he barely. So my criteria is if a running back hits double digit points, 
I can't count him as a correct call for me on the sit-ems. So I did chalk that up as a loss, but he had like 10.10 points. Yeah, I'm not playing um, him against And that was, that was in a game where there was a negative game script. You know, he's not a pass-catching running back necessarily. And I think this could be a game that uh, the Raiders will find themselves in a negative game script. With that being said, from the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook is an obvious start. Adam Thielen is always a start. Uh, Stephon Diggs flex play against Oakland, and I think that's really it for me for Minnesota. Yeah, you're you're not playing Kirk Coupons either, uh, but I just thought of a fantastic name. If you still need a name for your fantasy team, Balls to the Waller. Balls to the Waller. I like that. Chiefs or uh, Falcons Colts, Mikey. This matchup is going to be fun. The matchup is going to be fun, and I think that's one of those matchups where you can start the majority of the guys that you're going to have out there. Um, Devonta Freeman is Bitch. I think you can start him. I, I think you can start him in this one. Um, but kind of the same thing with Cam Newton for me. If he can't show out against the Colts, then I'm very worried. Yeah. Uh, I'm benching him personally if you have him. Um, but everyone else I think is a fair play to uh, to start in this game because I think it's a fun popcorn game that you get to sprinkle a little Old Bay on top of because if you never had Old Bay popcorn, you are missing out. Oh, it's good, man. It is. That stuff is finger dynamite. licking good. But uh, yeah, so Falcons, Julio, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, Matt Ryan, Austin Hooper, all starts from the Colts side. You're firing up T.Y. Hilton. You're probably firing up Marlon Mack. I'm still too scared to play either of the Colts tight ends, to be yeah. completely honest with you. And then I don't think I'm starting Jacoby Brissett in this one. So you can fire up pretty much any Falcon you have with the Colts. You're just going to have that select couple. I am couple keeping an eye on Paris Campbell. Uh, well, you can watch him for the both of us. I, I just, you know, he's somebody I'm just keeping, keeping a little eye on. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos visiting the Green Bay Packers. I'm starting all of my Packers. I'm benching all of my Broncos, except for Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I think you can play Cortland as a flex. Uh, it's a desperation flex move. I can, I can have... see how some people would. But I personally I'm, am not. I'm in the boat where I'm probably going to have to because I'm an Alshon owner, I'm a Michael Oof. Gallup owner, and Oof. I'm a Tyrell Williams owner. So Oof. Cortland Sutton will be in my lineup this week as a So flex. you better hope he's a starter then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm even too afraid to play Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, and it's honestly not even a matchup thing. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. They're just splitting time, and you don't know who's going to get what. Time completely even and you don't know who's going to go off i mean yeah if you want they're both getting points though which is good to see yeah if you need a guy that's going to put up 10 11 even 12 points for you i think you can go ahead and start either of these guys uh Uh, but they're they're just a floor play they're low end flex or if you're in a super flex league yeah so we'll see what happens with those guys and the green bay packers uh you got to start aaron jones you got to start aaron Rodgers in this one and then Devontae adams Always an obvious start. Yep. Um, what do you feel? So first things first, MVS or Geronimo Allison, if you had to pick one? MVS. And would you start MVS in this one? Not a chance in hell. Yeah, I don't think I would either. What about Jimmy Graham? No. Yeah, I mean, he put up a big goose egg this week, so not uh, big no not excited me. about him going forward. Moving on to the 4 o'clock games. We, we have got one more 1 o'clock, Mikey. Do we? Chiefs and Ravens. 
Oh my god, we skipped right over that. The funnest game of the week, and funnest is not a word, I know that, but it's just so exciting, you gotta make up words. I think we can name more people that you can... You literally just play everybody. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) like... The only person that I'm considering sitting in this one, I said it last week, I was perfectly correct... You know I'm a hater. I'm not starting Mark Ingram in this one. I just don't think the game script is going to permit it. <laughs> the Chiefs' defense is not good. I think you can play Mark as a flex. Yeah, well, you can start him. I'll probably have him listed as a sit him again. <laughs> going to ride that out. I had him listed as a start in week one, a sit in week two. I'm going to sit him in week three, so let's hope I can stay perfect on him. But, yeah, you're firing up everyone in that. This is the one matchup of the year where I wouldn't play Baltimore's defense, though. Yeah. Um, and then obviously no one's playing the Chiefs defense. So now we can move on to the four o'clock games. We'll start off with the Giants visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the Giants, you got Evan Ingram and you have Saquon Barkley, and that's literally it. Yep. The Buccaneers. But Mikey, re- fun fun fact: Pat Shermer left the door open today in his press conference. He did not commit to Eli Manning as the starting quarterback. I saw that too, um, and it'll definitely be interesting to see if Daniel Jones. Uh, takes the reins in week three. I can't wait to watch him get obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I am worried about, and it's I'm not worried about Saquon Barkley, but I just have the jitters about it because Tampa Bay just completely shut down Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. They've looked really good against the run game over the first two weeks of the season. So obviously Saquon Barkley is a top five start every single week, no matter what the matchup is. But don't be too surprised if Saquon Barkley doesn't put up Saquon Barkley numbers. Truth. I mean, Eli's his quarterback as of right now. (laughs) Yeah. And then the Buccaneers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, that's it. Um, How are you feeling about Peyton Barber after his Thursday night game? I so I'm a Peyton Barber truther. I was toting him up all off season, even through all of the crap that everyone was talking about Peyton Barber. He's he's gonna have the opportunity, you know. Like he had over 20 rush attempts against Carolina last year. He was I think the number seven or number eight uh, player when it came to total rushing attempts on the season. And it looks like they're gonna keep feeding him the ball. Um, I don't think this game script is necessarily going to be positive. I don't think it's going to be negative either. I actually think this is going to be a pretty close game on Sunday uh, just because both teams really mm-hmm. aren't anything special. Stay away from that betting line. Yeah, this is this is a game that I'm not touching. I'm, I'm, I'm too scared to bet on this game. But Peyton Barber, I have him in a couple leagues, but unless you're like really, really, really desperate, I'm not starting him. That's fair. Saints and Seahawks, though, Mikey, we've got a battle of uh, what we thought were going to be two elite teams in the NFC. Teddy Bridgewater toting the rock, though, at the quarterback position for the Saints now with Drew Brees down. Downgrades a lot of Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, but they're still, you got to start them. Uh, they're too elite yeah, but to they're not. The, they're the only guys from New Orleans that you could even consider starting. Seahawks, uh, who are you playing in this one from the Hawks? I'm. See, it, I want to say I'm playing Tyler Lockett. I don't think he's going to be. Sh- I don't think he's going to be shadowed by Lattimore. I think he's going to have a few opportunities, and Tyler Lockett has proved to us time and time again that he can make a few opportunities matter. 
I'm going to continue like you do with Mark Ingram. I don't like Tyler Lockett in this game. And that's fine. You know, I can <laughs> see, but I, I can see why you wouldn't like Tyler Lockett because Marshawn Lattimore is a pretty damn good I think corner. this is a big DK game, too. See, I saw a, um, um, a, a chart earlier showing all of DK Metcalf's route runs from week two. And uh, I got to tell you, I was less than impressed that he ran the exact same route every single time he ran a route. But we knew um, that's I'm, what I'm, he was coming out. That's kind of just who he is as a receiver. Um, and I get that. But at the same time, I mean, you can only be so much of a threat week in and week out if you're going to run the same route every time you run a route. I mean, like, even even the home run hitter guys in the league will will do something different occasionally. So... In order for DK to be a start for me, they're going to have to start using him a little bit differently. I at just least. Think, here's my uh, my argument. I think he's going to be able to out-physical that Saints secondary and be a big red zone target. Um, so that's why I like DK in this matchup more than Tyler Lockett. No, nah, my favorite red zone target is Will Disley. Dude, he could be a labor pickup of the week. He could be a huge waiver pickup. Um, you know, week one, he didn't really do much, but he got hurt. So not a big deal. But he came out. Uh, Russell Wilson loves Will Disley, and we kind of saw that last year before he got hurt. The only issue with Will Disley is the injury risk. But if he's on the field, I mean, Will Disley can be trusted um, almost as a weekly tight end with how much he's getting targeted from Russell Wilson. So I like Will Disley a lot in this one. And uh, I like Chris Carson. I like Russell Wilson. I don't love Russell Wilson, but I like him this week. Um, so I'm, I think I'm starting almost all of my Seahawks. Even with the uh, the nice little uptick for Rashad Penny, which killed me because it's against my brand. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I mean, Chris Carson got benched briefly because he fumbled. Though, yeah, they'll they'll teach him his lessons. He'll get you know smacked on the hand with a ruler and he'll be out. <laughs> perfectly fine in this game texans chargers Um, though mikey this is another fun game that is a fun game uh deshaun watson should rebound deandre hopkins should most definitely rebound will fuller Uh, will fuller should have a pretty good game we're still waiting for will fuller to have his first good game of the season i mean i know we're only three weeks deep at this point uh kind of feels right that it's going to happen against the Chargers. So Will Fuller is also a guy that I'm definitely starting. Uh, My question to you, though, is Duke Johnson. First of all, Will Fuller has now played in two consecutive games. Let's hear it for Will Fuller. Two out Uh, of 16. Two out of 16, right on the road to to the brand. But uh, uh, Duke Johnson, um, I think he's a a flex. See, I'm just... But uh, a low-end flex. I'm just scared of him. I'm just scared of him because he. I'd rather his play. Value is, I'd rather play ahead. Brita or, or Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I would too. Like I, I can't imagine many scenarios where you have to start Duke Johnson. Um, you know, like for example, I know we were talking about not playing um, an unhealthy Joe Mixon, but if you had to choose between a perfectly healthy Duke Johnson and an unhealthy Joe Mixon, I mean, I personally would lean Joe Mixon in that situation. Yeah. So. Duke Johnson is a guy where he's like, definitely, definitely sit him unless you absolutely have to put him in the starting well, lineup. Well, this week, I think I would play Duke Johnson over Joe Mixon just because the Bills' defense is good and the Chargers' defense is not. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, moving on to the Chargers. 
Who are you starting from the Chargers? Um, Austin Eckler and Keenan Austin Allen Eckler. are Gibbons. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Flex. How do you? Yeah, that's that's about where I would say. I mean, I know there was uh, concerns with his knee this past week, but he still looked pretty decent. He I mean, he strung together catch. a double digit game. Yeah, I, I think his knee is fine, so I think we could trust him. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, Justin Jackson's more of a handcuff at this point, although he's been running really well. Um, but other than that, there's there's not much else. Yeah, and I'm not sweating Philip Rivers in this one. Nah. Uh, let's see what other unless games? you oh. have Breeze or Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's like desperation at best. Yeah. Uh, another four o'clock game. Panthers at the Cardinals. I hate talking about the Panthers. <laughs> this game is nasty. It, it, it just really is painful. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey are both must-starts. Uh, DJ Moore had almost 20 fantasy points with Cam Newton looking like garbage mm-hmm. last week. Uh, he even had almost 15 fantasy points when Cam Newton looked like garbage in week one. So it, against this completely decimated secondary, uh, DJ Moore is firmly on the wide receiver two you radar know, for me this week. You know who you're uh, playing overall in this game, though, Mikey? Who's that? Greg Olson. Yes, Greg Olson <laughs> is a great play. The Cardinals were shredded by Hawkinson in week one. They were shredded by Mark Andrews in week two. Both of those tight ends put up over 25 points against this defense. So Greg Olson is definitely going to be on my on my stardoms. Greg Olson's week. a big DFS play this week, too. Yeah, and then like I was saying earlier, I'm playing Cam Newton, but it's only because I'm desperate. I'm benching I am very Cam desperate. Newton. In my in my dynasty league, my only you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this one. Uh, my only options are Cam Newton and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a rough one, but I I'm definitely playing Cam Newton. And if Cam Newton doesn't do well this week, then uh, I'll I pour one out for to, you. I'm gonna have to trade away some assets and get myself a quarterback because my team is two and zero. So even with Cam Newton wildly underperforming, I'm doing well. But uh. You know, I'm not going to be able to stay undefeated if I don't get a quarterback. So, fingers crossed on Cam Newton. Uh, and then Curtis Cardinals. Samuel. I think you could start Curtis Samuel in this one, too. I, I, I honestly think that this is a game where you can start any of the receiving options for Carolina. It scares me. Uh, if you have better options, I'd go with them. But, I mean, if you need to, go right ahead. And then from the Arizona side of the ball, uh Kyler Murray, I'm starting against Carolina. I mean, who am I kidding? Our defense doesn't look that great. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who else you got in Arizona? I liked what I saw from Christian Kirk this week. I did too, but I think he's going to get – I think he's going to see a lot of Bradbury, and Bradbury has actually been really, really good over the first two weeks. Um, I, I think you can get away with playing Christian Kirk this week. I, you know, he – Kyler Murray loves Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, who wouldn't? Um, so I yeah, think... I think Larry Fitzgerald is almost a weekly must play at this point, especially with him coming out of the uh, coming out of the slot, but still catching those deep balls like that. I mean, he looks great. And then just keep an eye on David Johnson because he did get injured in this one. Yeah, if he plays, you can't sit him. I mean, you waste. You, I don't want to say you wasted, but you spent a first round pick on David Johnson. So yes, I did. It's way. Way too early to throw in the towel on a first round pick, so you're still starting David Johnson. Yep. This one. Steelers and Niners, Mikey. Uh, this should be terrible. A shit show. 
it's it's going to be bad. Um, I I don't want to trust anyone. I mean, James Conner. James Conner is got it's hurt, a minor injury, but, but yeah. he still got hurt. Uh, Jalen Samuel could see uh, a snap or two here and there. So I think James Conner's upside is severely capped. Uh, you can't bench Juju Smith-Schuster, but his upside is severely capped with Mason Rudolph. I mean, they those two really didn't do much together. Um, you're not starting James Washington yet. Uh, you could get away with starting Vance McDonald mm-hmm. coming off of a two-touchdown game, but, I mean, I'm, I'm playing Juju because you have to. I'm playing Vance McDonald because he's got some momentum, and then I'm very reluctantly playing James Conner. I sadly have to play him because, you know, that's how we do on my injured squad. I'm like the Eagles last night. Everybody's in the blue tent. Uh, 49ers, I'm playing like every freaking running back on that roster. <laughs> no uh, doubt. I'm playing Debo this week as a flex. You know what's funny about three. the 49ers uh, running backs is that they had all three of them were fantasy relevant yep. yesterday. And it's funny enough, the one that got two touchdowns was Jeff Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> With like, 34 yards. Dude, he was, I'm pretty sure he was on the practice squad, like, not three days ago. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Um, yeah. Uh, right, so the 49ers, um, are you, no, you're not, you're not benching George Kittle, obviously. I know yeah. we're both worried about him, but you can't bench George Kittle. Marquise Goodwin has actually been kind of enticing. Are you looking his way as a flex option against this pitiful, pitiful Pittsburgh Steelers defense? I don't know. It's tough. That, he's. I, it's weird. In my opinion, this is one of those games where I'm going to stay away from yeah. if I can. Um, I'd I rather mean, play like you Debo. Said, I think I would rather play Debo too, but I, I'm not happy if I had to play a receiver from either of these teams, I'm not happy. Nope. Uh, so then moving on to – that's it for the 4 o'clock game. So we'll get into the Sunday night game, which uh, I I don't like this game. The Los Angeles Rams against the Cleveland Browns. Um, all... I like this game from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, just play everybody. Yeah, I mean, the Rams' defense is pretty good, and Baker Mayfield looks kind of crappy. And the Browns' but... defense has looked better tonight. Obviously, they're playing against really shitty quarterbacks, but um, they have a, a really good pass rush. And uh, our boy, Jamil Demby, got in the game this week. Shout out to the homie. Oh, he, from, looked, he looked great out there, From the too. land. Uh, he looked great. And, you know, I mean, it. the only reason I'd be concerned is now the Rams' uh, depth at the offensive line is a little depleted until we know more about what happened, but uh, the Browns' pass rush is really good. And, you know, I, I think you can just play everybody. This is a popcorn with Old Bay if, if I'm taking it that way. Uh, I like yeah, this game I'm, a lot. I'm going to go down the list from each team, and you just tell me start or sit. And I think it's going to be a pretty easy one. You ready? Let's do it. Todd Gurley. Start. Brandon Cooks. Start. Robert Woods. Start. Cooper Cup. Start. Jared Gurf. Um, sure. <laughs> Why not, right? You know. Uh, Odell Beckham. Start. Jarvis Landry. Start. Dave Njoku, if he's not concussed. Yeah, if he's out of concussion protocol, you play him, especially if you're an O.J. Howard owner like uh, our boy Dylan Mazzola in our league. Nick Chubb. Start. Baker Mayfield. Um, I'll get back to you. Concerned. Yeah, Concerned. <laughs> Uh, because he still didn't look that great. I mean, he he connected with Odo Beckham on an 89-yard touchdown, which is awesome. 
But uh, the Browns have officially won. Odell finishes with 161 yards and one touchdown. Le'Veon Bell, 171 total yards on the game. Wow, big game for Le'Veon Bell. Remember, everybody thought he was. Remember when everybody thought he was going to be bad because he didn't play last year? Shut the hell up, you haters. I know. I was still I was still drafting Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson. I was taking him. You know, aside from the big four running backs, DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams, I was taking Le'Veon Bell at number seven. Everywhere. Le'Veon's a beast. He's a monster. Moving on to the Monday night game, we have the Chicago Bears against the Washington Redskins, and you're not excited about any of these guys. No. Mitch Trubisky can't throw to the left. He is Derek Zoolander. Um and their running game is weird, and I just don't like the Bears, and Washington is just a whole doo-doo fest. Yeah, and, dude, Washington is against this really tough Bears defense. I mean, if I had to choose one player from each team to start, I would start David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears, and then I would start Chris Thompson from the Washington Redskins. That's it. Yeah. And I, I I, wouldn't necessarily be I, – I think I would be fine with starting David Montgomery, but I wouldn't necessarily be happy about starting Chris Thompson. But like we were saying earlier, I mean, he's a very safe floor play, and especially with how fast that defensive line is going to be coming, um, you know, at Case Keenum, there's, there's a pretty good chance that Chris Thompson could receive a lot of dump balls in this one. You know what sucks, Mikey? We don't get a good Monday night football game until November 25th. Who is that game? That is the Ravens and the Rams. Okay, that would be a pretty fun one to watch, especially if Lamar Jackson is still balling out. Monday night football stinks. I know, I know. But what a shame. You know what? At least it gives us an excuse to uh, talk about football for an extra day. That's true. That's the but, only uh, perk. But, yeah, so that pretty much does it for us here at Goal Line. Um, and for the start of week three of the fantasy football season, hopefully everyone that is listening to this is coming fresh off of a week two victory uh, in those leagues. And hopefully we can help you get to that third victory in week three. And you know how they can do that, Mikey. You just got to follow us on the Twitter.com, at UndergroundPHI, at goal underscore line underscore FFB. We're tweeting out all the podcasts. We're tweeting out advice, all that good stuff. Uh, So make sure you're following us there. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews to welcome our friends, trophysmack.com, to our our lovely podcasts each and every week. Let them know that you love them. And uh, if you do end up getting a trophy or a ring or a belt through them, tweet it. Tweet us a picture of it because... That's that good stuff that we love to see. Uh, And if you don't have an iPhone, upgrade your phone. That new iPhone 11 is coming out soon. You can take portraits of your dog. iPhone is not a sponsor of this (laughs) podcast. Um, That phone looks terrible. Uh, That's awful. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, yeah, I won my Week 2 matchup. I'm feeling good. Shout out to Lev Bell. Keep putting out that good music, man. Good music. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you guys wanted to check out trophysmack.com, head over to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Twitter at goal underscore line underscore FFB. It's right there in the pinned tweet as well as the promo code Goal Line at checkout, which will get you a free $59 championship ring with the purchase of any championship trophy or championship belt. Bling, bling. So 
for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and, of course, for Goal Line Fantasy Football. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys, and we look forward to seeing you again in week four. Tyler Boyd, I know you were embarrassed this week. It just means you have to come on the podcast. Peace.